the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Major fallout this weekend with the university presidents after their testimony before Congress. And then we're joined by Kate Carney from a wonderful organization called More in Common. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey friends, welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us on a a sunny, if not cold, Monday afternoon. But hey, we'll take it. We're only two weeks from Christmas today. No, I know. we were. So we had a staff meeting this morning with our church team, and we were like planning, you know, the upcoming Sundays. And I was like, wait, we only have one more Sunday until it's like Christmas Eve? Like, I... That shocked me. It is coming fast, which is very fun and exciting, but oh man, it's coming fast. That's right. How are we feeling about Christmas? Not church-wise. I mean, just... Yeah, great. It's coming two weeks. Yeah, I'm great. I got... I think I told you last week, I think most of my shopping's done, and I've wrapped most things, and I feel very ahead of the game. wrapped most things? I have wrapped most things. I've been wrapping them as they come in, so I'm just ahead of the game this year. I feel very excited. How about you? I feel like when I'm picturing you're alone in your house wrapping gifts, you probably take on a bit of like, uh, I mean this in the most endearing way, like the Will Ferrell in Elf, just very cheery. Everything's Christmas. Everything's happy right now. I do definitely <laughs> rap while watching Hallmark Christmas movies. So but if- what did we learn the other one is now? The Great American. I think it's Great American Family. It's something it's like name. that. Yeah, it's something like that. It might like be a that. wonderful channel. But I don't watch. I watch. I'm, I, you do. I am a, kind of a Hallmark purist. Yeah. So I, I turn those on and wrap the presents and it is very jolly. I ask very this fun. seriously. I've For all the joking about Hallmark movies, I've never watched a Hallmark Christmas movie yeah. like on Hallmark. Yeah. Are they ever sad? No, they no, all, no, no, no. They are all kind of play the same way. Yeah. And in fact, you can every once in a while, Hallmark opens up their... Um, their like content site for screenwriters and you can read a description of what they're looking for. And it literally says happy, (laughs) happy ending, happy ending, happy ending, happy. No, there could be a sad thing that it starts with. So-and-so's mom died. So-and-so coming from the war, you know what I mean? Like it certainly can have some pain. So-and-so's mom died in the war. Yes. (laughs) It never has a sad ending. Never, 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 never. And it always ends with a kiss pretty much. That's typically, you know, and that's pretty, I like them like they're just they're very predictable and so you don't really have to pay a ton of attention like you can just kind of have it on while you're doing other stuff but it's sort of like a feel-good story every once in a while they're just so cute that I'm like okay this was actually a good one most of the time you know what you're watching is very average yes kind of mid television that's what I like but I enjoy it that is what I as one who watches over and over again the Rocky movies I like predictable you know what happens when you watch a Rocky movie? You don't go, I wonder if he's going to pull this one out. <laughs> <laughs> Although, isn't it Rocky 1 that he, the first one he lost? 
he draws. Like I watched it's a that. Draw. I watched it again as an adult, and I was like, "What? Rocky didn't win!" It's like a, I was very shocking. But he to was me. such the underdog, and so like it's a draw, and then that sets up Rocky too, and all of that okay, stuff. So, okay, okay. all right, uh, let's take a big right turn. I've been surprisingly in tuned with the uh, with the news of those three college yeah, you've presidents. you've been really paying attention to this story. I really have. And over the weekend, it took a turn. So, right, it's the president of Penn, the president of Harvard, and the president of MIT. They were the ones, if you listen to our show. Small you, schools, you, no one's Exactly. Heard yeah. You heard uh, the audio of it last week, mm-hmm. but I'm sure everyone's heard it by now. They were in front of Congress, and the one congresswoman from New York was like, is talk of genocide of the Jews... Basically against your protocol, right. yes or no, and they right. all like context, yeah. freedom of speech, <laughs> and this and that. And uh, I saw it. I don't know if you saw it. The woman from Penn, the president, uh, I'm using air quotes here, voluntarily stepped down yeah. over the weekend, yeah. as did the president of the board of trustees. So major oh, I didn't fallout. Know that piece of it. Okay, but at Harvard, the president Claudine Gay. Uh, now there's like this big the, – the pendulum is swinging the other way, and 500 faculty members are behind her and don't no. let her go. Are you serious? But all of these donors are like, you're not getting our money. MIT dealing with the same thing. All right. So I I do have one point I want to make, but I don't have a great question jumping to you except to say, what do you make of all of this? This is fascinating. I think it's fascinating to watch because you've got higher education. You've got, quote, unquote, First Amendment. You've got – you know, you've got – what, what's going why do people feel okay to do this with the jewish people so, but not other people yeah, that's a question so what where do you go with this i mean I, I i'm reading some quotes from nbc news because this is where i go with it like i agree with this this is um let's see a white house spokesperson andrew bates it's unbelievable that this needs to be said calls for genocide are monstrous and <laughs> antithetical to everything we represent as a country any statement that advocates any statements that advocate for the systematic murder of Jews are dangerous and revolting. Like, it's it's so weird to me. Somebody else says, uh, this is Democrat, uh, uh, let's see, Josh Shapiro. I've said many times, leaders have a responsibility to speak and act with moral clarity. I think whether you're talking about genocide against Jews, genocide against people of color, genocide against LGBTQ folks, it's all in the wrong. And the reality is, Genocide against Jewish people has been part of the history. So it's like, just say no. Like, this is, it's just so weird to me that there's like, it's okay to call things evil. Like, it's, it's weird to me that there's like, but let's talk about the other side. It's like, what's the other side of anti-Semitism? What's weird about this to me is, this is where I've been trying to think about this this weekend. Like, what is so, what feels so off about this? Yeah, let's hear it. Because they're claiming kind of free speech. They're claiming kind of we don't want to shut down speech, but yet these higher education places are the first places to shut down speech over not la- people not feeling, quote unquote, safe. Hate, or they they hate shut speech. down hate speech and they should. So you either have to shut down all hate speech or no or none hate of it. speech. Or it's none the same of thing it. we talk about with religious freedom. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have either all religious yeah. freedom or no religious yeah. freedom. And I don't know why that's not more clear even when they're talking about it. Why is it like context matters when it comes to the Jewish people on campus, but like the LGBTQ or the it, whatever else it might be? I would like these people to go. I don't even know why they wouldn't have just got up and go on the campus of Penn or Harvard. We are for 
uh, free speech, but we're also primarily about the safety of those who are there. So therefore, uh, we give free speech where where it is. But Mm -hmm. once it infringes upon the safety and the comfortability of other people, we shut it down regardless of who it's towards. Done. Done and done. Done and done and done. We all have applauded that and said, great. It was really, it's all just really, really weird. I don't get it. And, and. I don't know. I mean, I know I beat the same drum and this is this gets old probably for some people to hear me say. But this is when I'm like when people go, oh, there's not racism in America anymore. Blah, blah. I'm like, I'm sorry. Anti-Semitic stances is a form of racism. And this is happening in Harvard. Like we're not talking about some like back alley where nobody can hear it. This is the president of Harvard before Congress, like it is so it's mind boggling. It and I think you're exactly right, Brian, like these institutions are anti hate speech. So it has to be that is true across the board. That's right. No, they they, so they clearly weird. are picking and choosing their hate speech to be against. That's it. And that is what That's is it. crazy. Well, That's coming it. up next, uh, we are excited to have a little discussion, Aubrey, uh, We've been having our friends from Food yeah, for the Poor on a them. lot. We're not going to have them on, but what we're going to do is just share why you and I mm. love this oh, I organization. So we're going to talk about Food for the Poor just from our perspective next here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And we are two weeks from Woo-hoo! Christmas. Have you done your Christmas shopping, Brian? No, Mom? Carrie and I were just having a discussion while sitting on the couch last night. What are we spending on each other? Mm, mm-hmm, What's the level mm-hmm. of, I'm sure you and Kevin have that discussion. Yeah. Are we getting gifts for each other this year? Yeah, and what are they? Goes, I go, how much do we want to spend? She goes, I don't know. Let's get each other couches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, I tried to get Kevin to get us a couch this year, and he was like, that's not exciting to me. I know. No, I totally get that. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, she's well ahead of the game with the kids. I would say my role, which is just her gifts. Yeah, I know. I know it I got, is. I got a two. I got a two week window right now. I'm telling you, if I have a two week window, if if I didn't do what I do on Christmas morning, we would wake up on Christmas morning and there would be nothing under the table under the Christmas tree. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. In Kevin my house. doesn't even ask. Like, what are we getting the kids? One of the beauties now. Is that I get surprised when the kids open their yeah, gifts that's now. Kevin. <laughs> He's like, oh, we got them now. You, you, how you do Christmas and what happens yeah. in the From House yeah. is very. The thing is, I do very. I complain about it, but I actually do enjoy doing the Christmas do. shopping. So it's like I can't be mad at the thing I want to do. I, it's, it's, but I do feel a little. I do feel a little like, is it appreciated? Maybe that's the question. I also get frustrated when Santa I'm just venting about way. Kevin. Apparently on the show, <laughs> I also get frustrated when on Christmas Eve I see Kevin and the boys like. We should go. We should go to the store real quick. And I'm like, Christmas Eve, you're going to Target. Now you're going Christmas shopping for me. That makes me mad too. <laughs> I, the one I don't like is when I take all three kids to the store when they were younger, yeah. and I have to give them the credit card, my credit yeah, card to buy to our buy gifts. gifts. <laughs> totally. Or when they're buying for each other, totally. you're like, I don't like how this is working right now. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, we hope that your Christmas is coming along well. All right. All through the month of December here on AM 1160 and on The Common Good, we are highlighting uh, a wonderful organization called Food for the Poor. If you've been with us for the last couple of years, you know, regularly we raise money. We do a drive to raise money for Food for the Poor because we believe very much in what they're doing. Right. So how would you, somebody says to you, all right, 
give me the sell on food for the poor. Why do you respect and like food for the poor? I mean, some of it, you know how things are are often relational by nature? Mm-hmm. I, you know, we have on uh, Paul Jacobs, we have on Anitra Parmalee, and they practice what they preach. That's right. Like, they're really passionate about the work. They go to the countries. They actually have relationships with the people. Man, Paul met his wife That's through right. Connections of Who for the Poor. And and so they have a passion to um, bring, you know, kids who are literally starving food and the gospel. And yeah. you hear it in their voice. But then you find out, like, no, they mean it. Like, they know the names of these people because they go there consistently. They've seen the difference it makes. And... So I think that's part of it for me is like I'm just drawn to people who are passionate about things God is passionate about and are actually people of integrity about it. And uh, Anitra Parmalee and Paul Jacobs are. And so the fact that they like come to us and give us this opportunity, $80, a one time gift providing a year of food for two kids in these countries that they work in, I know, I trust them to mm-hmm. do that. And I know that it just means something like God is going to do something really powerful through that. That's going to encourage the faith of all the people who's, um, who are part of food for the poor. And certainly it's going to rescue these yeah. kids lives. Yeah. And so that's part of why, like I have no problem asking our people to go to our website, 1160 hope.com. There's that red banner at the top of the screen. Click on it. Give your best gift. Yes. And it's God's going to use it in meaningful ways. And there's also, you know, if you'd like to make phone calls instead, we have a, a phone number that you can call and you can give a gift that way. That's 855-901-4673, 855-901-HOPE. What about you, Brian? Why do you, like, why does it mean something to you? So I, I do like that you said uh, there's the relational aspect for us. We've gotten to know Paul. We've yeah. gotten to know Anitra. Yeah. Um, and their passion for it rubs off. But I think beyond that, it's just hearing the stories. Mm, Like I'm on my fifth year here of doing things with food for the poor. And every year when they share the stories about the moms who feed their kids, um, you know, mud pies to just fill their stomachs or, um, or, or just try to trick the kids with food or water with salt in it or something like that. Choose which kid is going Mm -hmm. to eat today. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, man, I just, you know, on my way here, I stopped the Panera and I had to choose between the half bowl of chili or the full bowl of chili, you know, and it was just, what do I feel like today for us? And I know it's, you know, It's close to 100% of us. There are food insecure people here in our area. But for the vast majority of us, we're not wondering where our next Mm. meal is coming. We might Mm. bemoan how much groceries cost, but we're not going, am I going to eat today? Are my children going to eat today? Uh, Because that's also the crazy thing is to think about being a family who's going my kid is crying for food and I can't help them. Oh. I just can't imagine. And then I guess the last thing I would say is uh, the 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 giving of food also for food for the poor opens the door to the sharing of the That's gospel. It. They're yeah. partnering with yeah. churches yeah. down there. They're not just air dropping food right, in. Right, right. They're. They're using it as a time to connect the people to churches, to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you first got to meet the pressing need mm-hmm. of the food. They're not just going in there and handing out tracks while yeah. kids are starving. Yeah. And so, again, what you said uh, is right. An $80 one-time gift provides two children with food for a year. I also, so one more thing about them. 
you're used to like having to give monthly gifts for thirty dollars a month. Right. You get, right. This is a one time. I gift. know. Even my kids, because my kids put their money together and gave, which I thought was really cool. I was very proud cool. of them for this. But they were like, wait, mom, really? It's a year? Are you sure? And I was like, I promise you it's a year. And they were like, how do they do that? Right, right. So I, you're right. Like, that's pretty remarkable. Like, if, if you like to think in terms of monthly, that is less than $7 mm-hmm. a month. Right? Yeah, come like, on. That is right. now one drink at Starbucks one time. <laughs> Starbucks has got it since. I will tell you another thing, Brian. I've got a friend who has said, He's he's built up some wealth for himself, which is awesome. But Congratulations he, I know, to him. I know he's our age and you'd like you'd like be a little jealous if you knew. <laughs> but he was like, I've just gotten to the point where what I give to, I want to make sure that it has ripple effects for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I, I'm kind of not interested. Like you come to me, you want money for your building. That's not something I'm super interested in. Nothing wrong with that. But like I want to know lives are being changed. Yeah. I want to know people are being saved. I want to know there's going to be more people in heaven one day. And so he's a passionate about organizations like Food for the Poor because he knows, like we were talking about, like we're saving lives, bringing the gospel, more people in heaven, more souls to celebrate with in the future. And I think that's a way to think about our giving, too, is like what's the eternal impact that's for right. the glory of God? Going to our website, clicking uh, that banner, 1160hope.com, that red give life banner at the top of the screen seems like a small thing. But it actually has kingdom impact. Yeah. And, you know, we get we we want to look at our money and go, what did I do that made any mm, difference? Yeah, Even those yeah. of us who don't feel like there's a lot of expendable income. Right, That's the beauty of right. food for the poor. It doesn't take a lot of money. Yeah. The money given doesn't go towards administrative costs and mm-hmm. staffing. It goes to providing food through local churches in places where it's desperately needed. So let's uh, could we ask you to make, as Aubrey said, I think I like your phrase, your best gift. Yeah. Some of you, it might be $10. Others of you, it might be $1,000. I'll use that. Yeah. Uh, it, but to remind you, and you can do the math from here, $80 one-time gift provides food for a year for two children. You can do that by calling 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-HOPE. Or most of you don't like making phone calls. We totally get that. So go to 1160hope.com. Click on the red Give Life banner again at 1160hope.com, and you can make your gift right there. Food for the poor. We love them, and we want to see our audience support them. So do that today. You're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you've missed any of our show today, you want to go back and catch up on old shows, go get our podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast. Just subscribe, rate, review. Our producer, Laura, I know you know this, but she has started breaking our shows up. So if you get the podcast, you could go, I want to listen to that interview. It used to be you had yeah, to listen to the whole show. Yeah, she, but she now does it's such like, a phenomenal job of that. It tells you exactly how long it is. So you click, I want to hear the David French interview that's going to be 10 minutes. I want to hear Aubrey and Brian talk about this yeah, yeah. for 10 minutes. I want. I would like to hear what their least favorite Christmas song is. So I'm going to click on that. I got some pushback. On which ones? So you saw online, we got some pushback on Mary. Did you know? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, was that bit, on Facebook? A little bit, a little good, bit. Good. Love it. And love then it. Uh, a, a, a dear friend at our church gave, was giving me just a hard time, a delightful hard time. Yes. It wasn't an actual hard time uh, about my thoughts about the Christmas shoes song. <laughs> so, you know, it's so funny. Someone at my church works with the guy who wrote the song. <laughs> and so he was like, got a little too close to home because my coworker is really proud of the song that he wrote. And he was like, whispered, he's like, but it's bad. <laughs> 
Could he, could he please share, well, share our thoughts I told him it? he needs to come call in because there, he, apparently there's a worse Christmas song than Christmas Shoes, which I kind of don't want to spoil you because I might actually see if he'll call on the radio and talk to us about. But he, he enjoyed our he enjoyed our uh he so, our list. so so what this friend from my church reminded me is like a little bit of the premise of the Christmas shoe song. It's not just that the boy wants to buy new shoes for his mom. <laughs> it's as she's dying. I, I referred to them as death shoes. It is that he's wanting her to have nice new shoes when she meets Jesus. That's the premise of the song. He shoes for meeting Jesus. Like, so we got a good laugh at that I in the church. I'd, I'd rather be death shoes. We got a good laugh at that at the church nice. lobby yesterday. Nice. I said, but we can still be friends even if we disagree on Christmas shoes. So it was fun. And so, uh, yeah, there was some pushback. But I, as I told somebody, I said. I'm looking on Facebook right now for the Mary Did You Know. I said to one of them, I said, but here's the thing. We definitively know that Mary knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to know why. Uh, oh, why that's my song. Oh, okay. I need to comment because people are asking me why yep. it's my least favorite song. She knew. So I'll re- she I'll knew. Reply. All right. So here's a, something else that came up this weekend. I sent this to you in a text. Rob Reiner. So big, what is he? Few Good Men, Princess Bride, Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally. We can do a top five Rob Reiner movie list, apparently. Uh, he, Aubrey, has a new documentary coming out in right before the election Ooh. on Christian nationalism, okay, that is going to, it's going to be like a takedown of kind of the far-right evangelical voting Christian nationalism, all of that under the umbrella. But you know, as well as I do, that that's not a monolithic thing. But here's what kind of lit Christian Twitter on uh, up this weekend about this. Are you ready? Ready. Some of our people who've been on our show, some Christian uh, thinkers and well-known Christian people are a part of this movie. Let me name a few for you. Okay. David French. Okay. Russell Moore. Okay. Sky Jatani. Okay. Uh, Phil Vischer. Okay. Kristen du yes, Dumay. Dumay. Mm-hmm. I always, I don't ever know yep. about that Z. Yeah, yep. She of uh, jo- Jesus, Jesus and John, and John Wayne. Wayne. Yep. Uh, and that's just to name a few. They are. So it's kind of set as a documentary. Well, Rob Reiner is a. Um, he is a an a a, a out loud atheist. Rob Reiner is not. He's not claiming. Hey, let's redeem Christianity from the Christian nationalists here. So here's the question that was flying around Twitter. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Uh, So Rob Reiner also has many, many, many tweets about the the danger and the craziness of overturning Roe versus Wade. So passionate in abortion rights, all this stuff. Not necessarily Christian is what we're saying. No, no, no. He is. He will tell you I'm an atheist. Oh, 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 you said I'm an atheist. atheist. Sorry. Okay. So what people are going a bit crazy on is this. Why would Russell Moore, David French, and the others get involved in a movie mm. about a topic they might disagree about, mm. but why link to a um to a movie maker who's gonna have Who's going to come from the other side in terms of being pretty antagonistic yeah. towards Christianity, well, even not just this type of Christianity, but it's like they have found a common enemy in the Christian nationalism thing. But people are like, 
I think this is the wrong way to go about it. I was trying to think of like a a comparison. Maybe I'll come up with one. But what do you think? Because a lot of people are pushing back on. I'm excited some, to see this movie, but but you guys shouldn't be doing this with somebody who's probably going to use this as a bit of a distorted hit piece. My guess is that they're that they're thinking they can go. Oh no, let's separate for the outsider Christian nationalism from Christianity. That's my guess. I mean, I would have partnered with Rob Reiner to do this had I been an expert in this field and had I been asked. Like, I I think it's a little presumptuous to assume someone who isn't a Christian can't make a reasonable movie when it comes to separating the Christian historical faith from Christian nationalism. And obviously he's picked guests and communicators that, uh, like, I think probably have said a lot about this, have researched a lot about this and can say some clear things about it. And so my guess is, again, we don't know what he's going to do with it. So I'm not here to defend Rob Reiner. But my guess is these folks felt like, no, we want to present to the world an actual Christianity and try to untangle it from the dangerous version of Christian nationalism that it's become for people. That's mm. my guess. Yep. They probably got paid some money too. That's sure. my other guess. Would, maybe we'll have on David French. I would love to ask him because yeah. here, let me take, I'd like to see the movie first, Yeah. but let me, let me take devil's advocates. Always a terrible phrase, but we're going to use it anyway. Sure. He, this is somebody who has, not just spoken against Christian nationalism, but has spoken against some pretty orthodox Christian, not orthodox. I would say less, um, they're not, the abortion conversation, right, for one, is not a Christian nationalist thing. Right, right, right. right. He's got a problem with Christian worldview in general. Yeah. Uh, Two, Christian nationalism is not an easy thing to define. I might say something on the radio where somebody goes, that sounds like, and somebody else might go, no, that's not. So it's not easy to define. And three, that doesn't mean it's undefinable though. And my guess is that's part of what the work they've done is to find it. And any, any not concern, but any, huh, that this, um, that this is coming out right before the election. Yeah. I think that's big. I mean, that's, that's obviously very interesting. Like some of this is like, there's a, there's a, the timing is not unintentional. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I would say to these people who were part of it, uh, I I would have told them in the beginning, be cautious. Because I don't think Rob Reiner's doing it as a documentary is just making this as a piece of art. <laughs> like, this isn't A Few Good Men, right? Like, yeah, this yeah. Isn't... Gotcha. Gotcha. And so be careful what you're going to be involved in is probably where I'd go. But I'll tell you what. I'm probably going to see this movie. (laughs) I am definitely going to see this movie. I am actually excited for this movie. I actually do because I like Rob Reiner's films. I trust him as a filmmaker. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm maybe more hopeful than other people are. I, I also think it's good for us as Christians to be able to interact with non-Christians who think differently than us and know how they view us. Like, Mm -hmm. so What's the danger of them being a part of it? I don't know. I don't know what the danger is. Hmm. Yeah. I I, I just thought of a little bit of a comparison, but but we're really out of time. But uh, I'll bring this up when it gets closer. Okay. Uh, here's the question I would ask. Yeah. Would you feel differently about a white producer talking about the black experience? 
the African-American experience. Is if, there any correlation there or are those apples and oranges? But it depends on who he's interviewing, right? Sure. Like if the whole thing features a bunch of white people, totally. But if the whole thing features black people. That one just and, popped and into my head at pe- the last minute. Black I wonder. people talking about the black experience. I think that's a different conversation. Come too. September or October, we're going to go see this movie. This will be fun. Every time I've told you I'm going to see a movie, I haven't seen it. I know. But that's true. I don't trust you. I'm going to see it, and I'll tell you all about see it. this movie, <laughs> and we are going to talk about it. Coming up next, uh, Stephen Colbert offers some perspective on suffering and God. I'm excited to discuss that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. All right. I totally missed last week. I missed some time, right? You, yeah. you filled in. Yep. Not filled in, but uh, you went on without me yep. and was talking about time person of the year i know i know i did i did announce it. i'm sure our people had heard it already but announced that you were right in both your guess and your desire you you wanted it. it to be taylor swift and you thought it should be, it taylor, be swift. taylor swift i said i thought it would be but i wanted barbie to win but i'm very happy for taylor swift yes so let's ask this question let's have a deep societal question okay Obviously, Time Magazine ultimately is trying to sell magazines. Yes, but and she will sell magazines. She has, will, will yeah. always, yes. all of this stuff. Yes. Um, should she have been the Time Person of the Year? Oh. An entertainer? But, like, as we said last week when we discussed it, she had and continues to have the best tour ever in terms of money. Yep. Uh, the movie she put out. Yep. Hundreds of millions or millions and millions of millions. I do want to, but yeah. Uh, Moves the needle on everything. She's now dating Travis Kelsey, and now all these new people are watching football games. (laughs) Anything Taylor Swift touches kind of turns to gold right now, right? But we also have a lot of really deep, important things going around in the world. Sure. So, uh, what what do you think of the concept? Does it say anything about us? Let's kind of have a sociological dissection of the time person of the year being an entertainer like Taylor Swift versus somebody else who's dealing with foreign policy and trying to stop wars or create whatever, new medicines or whatever else it might be. Yeah, I know there's been some criticism, right? Mm -hmm. Like that. I mean, you wanted Barbie. I wanted Taylor Swift. Yeah, so so that says something about (laughs) us, doesn't it? There's been some criticism. I mean, I think it just... It depends on what the time person of the year is. She's not winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Do you know what I mean? She's not, not yet. She, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. She's not being nominated for some like you know prestigious award in in um, philanthropy. Although she probably does give quite a bit. My yep. guess is she probably is a philanthropist. Oh, did you read recently? Sorry, no, I, go ahead. I'm all things uh, t- Taylor Swift you love news her right now. Yeah. The tens of millions of dollars that she gave out in like bonuses to the people oh, yeah. who work her tour. Yes, no, we t- is we talked about astounding. that. Astounding! It's unbelievable. That's right. And everyone and who interacts like with her says her. she's a wonderful person. <laughs> yeah. All this and that. Yeah. But, uh, keep going about a, an entertainer being the person so, of the year. All that to say is, let's put it in its framework. It's Time Magazine. And mm-hmm. I understand Time Magazine talks about politics. Time Magazine talks about history. It's still ultimately kind of a poppy magazine. Do you know what I mean? It's not Scientific American. It's not like some collegiate scholarly journal. So it's appropriate. It, Mark Zuckerberg has been on it. Greta Thunberg has been on it. Like 
they they the range of folks they've had Pope John Paul on it like mm-hmm. the range of folks that they've used I think she fits right in there this isn't like some sort of weird outlier or like they jump the shark with this vote right. this is right in line with who Time Magazine is and so I think one it makes total sense for what it is it's Time Magazine's person of the year it is not with some other category. I don't know. I'm running out of categories here. I've said it all. Please tell me. And also, I do think she's the person of the year. Like, so. Meaning, like, all the things you listed, this has been her year. I'm sorry. She took her music back from Scooter Braun. She had the most popular concert tour of all time. She is, like, gotten. She is a businesswoman. She gets social media like nobody else does. She has a relationship with her fans that is undeniable. Like, there are some skills we can learn from Taylor Swift, and the fact is, like, 2023 is the year of Taylor Swift, there you go. period. I, you know, I just looked up, how is the time person of the year chosen? Do you know it started no, I don't in know 1927? This, Whoa, no way! So, they've chosen the title, here's how, by an editor's, like, all the editors, not an editor, by an editor's assessment of, quote, the individual who most shaped the headlines Mm. over the previous 12 months. And here's an important caveat at the end, for better or for worse. Mm. Mm -hmm. This is how they ended up having Hitler as the time person of the year one time. I believe Osama bin Laden was the time person of the year. And, uh, but I think that, uh, I actually think she fits that this year. Yeah, she absolutely does. I mean, it's just undeniable. Mm -hmm. Like if that's the category, then she fits within, she fits within it, period. I mean, I do, you know, I, I people have been watching her relationships for a long time. People are obsessed with her. Yeah, people are obsessed with her, so it, it actually makes sense. And you know what? It makes sense this year of all years. Like, Taylor Swift has been growing in popularity for a very long time. Um, but I do think this year she just hit it big. Like, that heiress tour was everything. I'm just glad Meghan Markle didn't win. <laughs> That's it. Just glad that she didn't win. Oh, man. You know, she's probably oh, mad. Man. Her and Prince Harry are mad that they didn't win. They're, Come on. Were they even nominated? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I can't remember. Do you remember or the I other nominees? That they, oh, yeah. It was Vladimir Putin. It was King. What is he now? He was Charles. Prince Charles, but he's not King Charles. Yeah. He's... He didn't make enough headlines. I mean, I could see Putin obviously like made headlines. I bet you last year was Zelensky, but it was like, uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. But then there were some random ones, and you were right. like, Taylor Swift. Like, yeah, Barbie yeah. was on there. Barbie yeah, was on there. I, I, Taylor Swift deserved it more than Barbie, for sure. Totally different pop culture question. Ready? Yep, uh, ready. Because you are the one who has watched everything. Yep. I need you. You don't even need to answer me now. I told you a week or two ago, three weeks ago, we finished Ted Lasso. I'm, I'm at a loss of what to go watch now. Oh, Carrie I have I lots of are, but you guys like different things than we like, I think, because you like to keep it pretty yeah. lowbrow comedy. You like, you like dark, <laughs> like dramatic, existential, yeah, all yeah. Stuff. You just want like funny. I'd like if there was a Ted Lasso two, I would watch that. Yeah, next. yeah, yeah. There's there's some other there's some other comedies on Apple TV Plus. You guys, you guys might like. All right, I'll, so I need I'll you to come you a, up with a list. I'll send you a list. Okay. Yeah, we, we, I we need you to break it GPT. down. I need you to break it down by category. Oh, this is like your okay. dark where you're going to be sad and hate old, the world I know, after you this. Watch some old shows, right? So you've you've done obviously. You guys have watched Parks and Rec. And oh all yeah, those. yeah. Have you watched New Girl in that? I don't even know what that is. Oh, you have to watch New Girl. Done and done. Done and. 
done. I'm trying to look done. at our executive producer Keith Conrad because I don't know that he agrees if with you. Laura, F- if Laura Finch, our actual producer, was here, she would be like, "Yes, yes, Carrie will love it. It's hilarious. It's the characters are amazing. I'm it's less right concerned in line with right in line with those other. Shows. I'm less concerned about Carrie loving it." As much as I'm concerned with me loving it. You'll love it. it. It's so funny. Like, there's a character named Schmidt that is hilarious. It's okay. very entertaining. I Give it a try. Give it a few episodes. All right. All right. Well, if you've got any ideas you want to send to us, go get our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, go. at Common Good go. Talk, and let me know what I should watch next. You're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.